It's come down to Drogba, who this time is the fifth penalty taker for Chelsea in the final shootout. United have done all they can. That Rooney goal was enough for the three points. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! What's going on? Welcome back. Another episode of Oil Money FC. Here, my co-host Breck. We're back again. Today's May 13th, 2021. And, uh... Manchester City are officially champions of England after Leicester City uh, knocked out, knocked off uh, Manchester United, excuse me, the other day. Um, it was a good game, actually. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they couldn't prolong the inevitable for, for any longer, Manchester United. It was, uh, you know, kind of wrapped up for a while now, but official. Three champions, uh, championships in um, four seasons now for Pep Guardiola. Um, three and five in total for in his stint in England. And uh, yeah, five total for Manchester City now. It feels great, man. feels great. But um, we did take that L to Chelsea last Chelsea. weekend. Yeah, we did tie Chelsea with titles now. We did. Um, this is our first podcast, podcast episode with video, obviously. Um, we're going to try that out. So yeah, we uh, appreciate everyone listening, of course, as always. And we're going to give you a little rundown of, um, you know, few other premier league games uh some some league league one in france because lille extended that that lead over psg and uh some la liga and then we're also going to give each of our premier league team of the seasons um we have two teams each we have our first team and our second team so we'll go through all that we'll probably do the team of the seasons at the end um but yeah so like i said manchester city champions um and now the race is really, I mean, uh, yeah, the, and then also the bottom three are confirmed as well. So the three teams that are being relegated are out. Um, you have Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield United all going down. Um, and so now it's just the race for top four is on. I mean, Chelsea beat Man City over the weekend, lost to Arsenal yesterday. Um, and now with Liverpool currently winning against Manchester United right now. Um, it's 4-2. It's over. Yeah, so that's over. So now you got a really tight race now for top four. I mean, Chelsea could make it if they do drop out of top four by winning the Champions League final, but obviously you don't want to have to rely on that. You want to make it, um, you know, just because they've been in the pole position to make it. So you don't want to you don't want to throw it away. But um, yeah, um, that game Leicester against Manchester United was a good game. Um, Soyuncu with the with the with the clincher. Um, it actually, if the game would have stayed a tie, um, City still wouldn't have, wouldn't have mathematically won it, but they would have had to lose every game, and then United would have to win every game, and then United would have to win on goal difference. Which, I mean, so yeah, it was it was over once once they let up that first goal in the beginning of the game. I was I was stoked. I mean, once everyone's once what's up? It was over. I mean, United rotated like nine different players so once that lineup came out you're like okay they're they're kind of phoning it in here like yeah I think I think uh I think that was kind of a slap in the face to Liverpool like hey we're gonna give Leicester an easier game here to try and keep Liverpool out of top four not that they want to lose ever but um you know with their Europa League final coming up that they're in uh and you know, Ole knowing that the league was just already gone, pro- like pretty much, it wasn't worth it. So it's understandable. 
Um, but yeah, no, they did put out a weak team and uh, Lester got it done. I mean, hey, Lester, obviously great team as well. Um, so yeah, we also have the FA Cup final coming up, Chelsea and Leicester. That's going to be, it's going to be spicy. How, how do you feel about that one? I'm confident. Um, I'm a little worried. I think Damian Vardy has been really bad, actually, the second half of the season. Started off with like 10 goals in the first like two months of the season and then scored two the rest of the way. So I'm a little worried. He's a big game player. I'm a little worried he's going to turn up that day. But if we start our strongest 11, we, we should be able to beat Leicester. But it's a final. Anything could happen. So I, I'm pretty confident, but still a little nervous. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, um, you know, Leicester, that's all they have to play for now. Um, they have top four, obviously, but um, they don't have that Champions League final looming like y'all do. So, I mean, it'll be interesting Interesting to see the team that Tucho puts out. Obviously, it'll be a strong team, but um, will it mirror what he puts out in the Champions League final? You never know. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. And then, um, yeah, you got a... Uh, like I said, West Brom, Fulham, and Sheffield going down. The Premier League, um, I think, who's coming up? We got Norwich. Watford. Watford. And, still and then the other, yeah, that, that they have the playoff with the – it's like four teams, right, for that last playoff spot? Yeah. Okay. Wembley. And I think the favorite might be Brentford, if I'm not mistaken. That would be crazy. Have they ever even been in the Premier League? I don't think so. I don't know. But yeah, no. So that'll be interesting to see as well. Um, and then Syria top four race heating up because Roma lost today. Um, or no, not Roma. I mean, yeah, Roma did lose today, but they're not fighting for it. Um, Juventus won yesterday. Um, Ronaldo had a, actually a goal, sauced up that one defender, kind of turned back the clock a little bit, looked pretty good. Um, but Juventus are just kind of in a just a transitional phase. If they don't make the Champions League, it's going to be bad for them. I, you can, I saw a video of, of Buffon out on the streets pleading with fans to back Pirlo because they they want him to succeed. In, like in the video, you could tell, but they don't feel like the players are like have his back. So I mean, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see if they if they can get it done and make that top four spot. Because if they don't, it's going to be bad. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I think Ronaldo leaves if they don't make top four. I agree, and I think you could see the lit, the light, whatever his name is. You could see him leave. You could see him leave, but he's like their foundational center back piece for the next ten years, hopefully. So they're not going to let him go for like cheap. So yeah, it's someone a, would have to dump out a bag. The only the only thing about Juventus that's a little worrying is everybody around them won. You know, is, is winning too. Atalanta won. AC Milan won seven nothing. I was like, yeah, against score. Torino too, right? Yeah. And then Napoli won. So. Juventus has got to win out basically to make the top four. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. And yeah, like I said, you could see, you could see some players jumping ship. Dabala. I mean, Dabala was at one point such a promising young talent. He's 27 now. Yeah. Still a great player, obviously, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see what he does with his career. Be a little better at this point. I agree. I agree. He should be, he should hit, be hitting his like prime he peak. Like a top 10, 15 player in the world and he's not there. Yeah, remember those I, I, I scored against Barca in the Champions League uh, semi, I think, where he just turned, you know, just turned and hit with his left foot, and you're like, damn, that is a star player in the making. And then it's been like three years since then, and every year has been not as good. So 
I do wonder too, like he looked so good under sorry and then they fired him. So, and then Pirlo didn't want to play him. He didn't play like half the, I know he was hurt earlier too, but he's, he's an interesting, interesting player to look at. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. It'll be interesting to see what he does if they don't make the champions league too, but yeah, that, uh, that's heating up. And then PSG just tied Rens. Don't know how that happens. Um, we kind of hyped up PSG on the on last week's episode about how now that they're out of the Champions League, we could see them really pushing um, Lille for the league. But Lille won again, and PSG didn't. So now they're three points back. Um, I would have to look at the table. I'm not sure about the goal differences. If PSG's way more. PSG's way more, right? So if Lille do... So that's not the worst loss for PSG you because... Have- Lille have uh, Saint Etienne and Angers, or however you pronounce that, and then PSG have Rennes at, uh, Brett and Brest, and then they have the French Cup final. So they have three games too, and the French Cup final is in between their last game. So it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think PSG really need, like if they win no trophies. I mean, they have that French Cup final. I guess they'll win that, right? Who? Yeah. They'll win that. Um, if they don't win the league, though, failure. And yeah. even winning the league, I mean, it's Champions League or bust. We talked about this last week, so yeah, no, it'll be uh, it'll be a good good rundown for the rest of the season. Um, hopefully, Lee will get it done. Tim Way, the boy, again. Hopefully, and then yeah, La Liga. Um, you had uh, Real Madrid last weekend pulling out a stoppage time draw with Eden Hazard uh, equalizing in like the 92nd minute. Um, You had Barcelona drawing three, three as well against Levante. And then Atletico, Atletico won. So Atletico are looking good. Now they're in pole position. They control the destiny. Um, Real Madrid's up two nothing right now in Granada in the 50 something minute. So if they all win this game, they will be two points behind Atletico. So same games played. Same games played. The only thing is, I think Barca with that draw, kind of, they're done, in my opinion. Like, I think that was their last chance. I mean, if Atletico went out, they obviously win. But Real Madrid is, like, the only one to me that's going to challenge them the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Atletico are going to win, honestly. I think Simeone is, like, just fired up, determined. I put in – Yeah. it's funny, too, because back in, like, like f- January or February, I put in a – a prop bet that Atletico would win the Champions League at like plus six hundred or something, or no, 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 no like plus like thirteen hundred. Didn't hit. Should have put that in for La Liga because yeah, man, I didn't see that coming though. But uh, yeah, those results over the weekend actually confirmed Sevilla has no chance of winning either. Yeah. Obviously, they weren't gonna do anything. But yeah, no, it's uh, that's that's the league this year for sure. Definitely. Dortmund just won the Pokal, too. We got to mention. Huge. Um, they're actually now in fourth, so they're now on a Champions League spot. They've been playing much better as of late. Good. And they got a trophy. So you maybe think Holland and Sancho might stay another year. Too many good players on that team to not be in the Champions League. Yeah. Even forget Holland and Sancho. You got, you got fucking Bellingham. You got Gio Reyna. You got so many good players out there. So Royce, even obviously the older, the, the older guys, Hummels. But yeah, no, the Pokal is good for them because 
I mean, they are a stacked team with those young talents. They need to win stuff. Yeah, um, they could just get some defenders. Like they could challenge for the Bundesliga. Yeah, Holland. Uh, one of the goals he scored today in the final. I was watching it earlier. He took Upa Makano, the center back for Leipzig. Very good, Very good player. Just, just sunned him, fathered him, just put him on the floor and just curled one into the corner. It was, God, he. It's like he just. It's like he was just born to just score goals. It's disgusting, honestly. But yeah, so you want to get into our teams of the season for the Premier League? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right. So we're going to, like I said, we'll do a first team and a second team. So we'll do a starting 11 and then like a backup 11. Um, we'll start with our, I guess we'll go back to front, right? We'll go goalie yep. to trigger. Yep. Okay. So, so for me, my, I know you, we have the same starting goalie, uh, Emmy Martinez from, uh, from Aston Villa. Um, literally the only reason that they are not uh, bottom table team, yeah. Maybe possibly relegation him and Jack Greeley. She, I mean, they went from letting in, I think it was 65, something like that goals last year and to like, like 30 something and 14 clean sheets, something like that. So, I mean, he's had a great season. I remember when he left Arsenal and he said that Aston Villa was like a step up in his career from Arsenal. Total shade. Gotta love it. Just absolute scenes out here. He was, but uh, he was great for Arsenal too. He like in the FA Cup final, he made great saves. Yeah last year and he just needed a move where he could get regular time and yeah because burn leno is a great goalie and he had that gruesome injury last year so he was out for an extended period of time so i mean a great career move and it's paying dividends because you know if villa can just get some signings in the summer they could be a premier league mainstay for the next you know five years yeah no doubt no doubt uh and then at center back i have ruben diaz obviously I mean, Ruben Diaz is one of my center backs as well. I mean, what can you say? Just, I think he should honestly win PFA Player of the Year. Honestly, you argue it. Um, it's it's hard to. It's it seems like Kane is the favorite right now, but um, I mean, we've waxed poetic about this guy like the last two episodes, so there's nothing really else, more else to say. He's he's John Terry Light right now, is what he is. Yeah. And he's so young, 23 years old, just the, the command he has over that team and just the passion and everything like we were talked about in last week's episode, throwing his body in front of balls. I mean, taking shots off his head. I mean, I was in the Champions League, but yeah, and I like, I mean, man is unbelievable. And, and, and thank God he worked out for us because would have been a bad year for us in the Premier League. And we ended up winning the damn thing without him. So mm-hmm. I had him and then I had John Stones as well, just because, I mean, the transformation of that of, of him, you know, getting back to where everyone thought he could be and where he needed to be with his talent. And I think it's largely in part to Ruben Diaz, but he just had an unbelievably scored goal, scored goals too. Um, just looked super comfortable on the ball. He gained his con, he had his confidence back. So that was great to see. And yeah, I had him and Ruben Diaz at center back. I had the same, I had stones, like you said, um, he is finally the player that everybody, when he left Everton, everybody's like, this is the next great center back in England. He's finally that player. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see at the Euros this summer, if he can do it without Diaz next to him, cause he'll have the fridge square head Minecraft block man, Harry Maguire next to him. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, hope, I mean, I think he'll get it done I even without Pep and Diaz, but 
he's just got to stay confident. He can let a little mistake get into his head sometimes. So, yeah. Um, and then at left back, I had Luke Shaw. Um, another unbelievable just like transformation. Uh, never got playing time under Mourinho. Was overweight. Was out of shape. Was not uh, another player with huge ceiling. A lot of potential. Was a great player. Um, that's one thing I've got to give credit to Ole Gunnar Sokshire for is that Luke Shaw has become a premier left back. One of the best in the world, in my opinion, this year underneath him. So I had to put him in there. I, I also have Shaw, like you said, uh, there was always the thing about his fitness, him not like not working hard on the pitch and training and whatever the re, you know, like you said, whatever Ole said to him this year, like really kicked in for him because, I think you could argue right now he's probably the best left back in the world. If you look at the, you know, statistics, we, we don't really go into statistics too much, but I mean, he's pretty much first or second in like every defensive and offensive category for left backs in the whole world. So uh, unbelievable season, um, him and Juan Bissaka just really like solidifying the fullbacks for United, which have been a problem for them in the previous years. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a key part of them being in second place and kind of challenging for the title. So I had him in there. And then right back, I think this is where we might start to to uh, differ and venture off from each other a little bit. I had Jao Cancelo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a little hard. I saw um, Jamie Carragher had, uh, had um, uh, Kyle Walker, but I just think he didn't play enough. Cancelo was more of a integral part of the team beginning mid season. Um, and just his, 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 he's really like a midfielder really. And just his passing and his vision on the field. And then, uh, you know, just his playmaking ability. I, I had to put him in there. Um, this is not, this is not where we differ. I also okay. have Jao Cancelo. Okay. He kind of plays the sim. He's like, he, he's like that Danny Alves role for Barcelona where he's the starting right back, but he's like kind of he's everywhere. Like, that's where Danny Alves was always, like, making crosses in the box and stuff, and Cancelo's kind of filled that role. So, for me, when I think of the City run this season, mid-season, where they won, what was it, like, 20 games in a row, 21 games in a row, Cancelo started all those games and was phenomenal in basically all those games. So, for me, that's – he's got to be the starting right back in the team this season. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And then uh, moving on to midfield, I had uh, – I guess I didn't, like, really, like, have him based on position. I just – had you know three midfielders I had so I'll start I had Bruno Fernandez in there obviously I mean like just he just actually broke Lampard's record today for most goals in all competitions for a midfielder in a season although albeit how 10 of them being penalties not to take away from him I hate Manchester United and you know I always bitch and moan about Bruno Fernandez to you all the time, but he, I, I take nothing away from him. He's just an exceptional player. Portugal are going to be scary at the Euros this year, man. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, his playmaking ability and just, he really became a leader for that United team. Kind of like their Ruben Diaz signing, honestly, last, last uh, January of 2020. So yeah. um, you want to do your other two and then I'll give my three. Yeah. Two. Yeah. So um, De Bruyne, I don't even know if I really have to get into that. Uh, Best midfielder in the world. In the world. In the world. Top five player in the world. Um, I would argue that. That well, There's an argument for that one. but I would argue that, but 
Premier League, best midfielder in Premier League, best midfielder. Best player in the Premier League, too. Best player in the Premier League, in my opinion, at least. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you don't really have to say much about him. Missed some games because injury, but when he was when he's in there, I mean, some of those passes you watch him make, you just like, how does he even? It's like he, it's like a, it's almost like a video game for him. Um, and then I had I had Gunawan in there, just because when De Bruyne was out, which was a huge part of that winning streak. I mean, Gunawan, he ended up being our leading scorer in the Premier League, Mister Whippy. Uh. Mr. Whippy, when he was in there, he um, he just showed, you know, offensive prowess and an ability to not only finish but make key passes and then also get back on defense a little bit, make some, you know, defensive plays. So I had to put him in there. Um, and, yeah, that's my three midfielders. Um, my formation is a little bit different than yours. We have two similar. I have, I have LK. Like you said, I think he had a run there where he scored like ten goals in eight games or something, or eight goals in six games. It was, it was like where he scored the two against Chelsea or two against Liverpool. Uh, he was scoring against the top teams at will at that point. It was it was a little scary. Two against Tottenham, I believe, too. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so for me, it's him. And I mean, a lot of people recently have been like, "Oh, the goals have dried up." But if you still watch the games, he's very influential. Well, so. De Bruyne came back from injury, like I said. Yeah. Excuse me. A lot of that when he was playing well was when De Bruyne was out. Not that he's yeah, like you said, not that he stopped playing well. It's just everybody cares about stats and goals and stuff. And it's like that doesn't tell the whole story. Watch the game. Watch what he does. Watch his movements. Yeah. My other midfield, I have Kevin De Bruyne. Like you said, best midfielder in the world. What else can we say about him? And I do have Bruno in my team, but I do not have him in the midfield. I have a CDM and I was going between Rodri and Conte. And I just think without N'Golo, I think you could take Rodri out of the team and they'd be fine. I think you could play some of, you know, Fernandino this year and you would have been okay. So I do have N'Golo Conte as my third midfielder. Um, not his best year, you know, by the years he's had, like his Leicester year is like magical how well he did that season. But I think if you take him away from the Chelsea team, we would be like 10 points, you know, below where we are. And I just think, his work rate. I mean, he just makes the midfield go for us this season. No, I, I agree. It might not be, you, you might not agree with the selection, but I just think when you turn in terms of midfielders, who is the better defensive midfielder in the Premier League? To me, there's no way. No, I think that's fair. And you got to give Rodri a shout. He was my other guy that I was thinking about for CDM. He's not as good as Conte defensively, but he's a little bit better offensively. But if you're going to go CDM, then that, that's fair. I, I see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then up top, Harry Kane. I mean, he, the man, double digit assists and goals. Get him out. Most goals. Kevin. He's got to get out, man. He's I like, know. It's like, get out. He's got to get out. Yeah. He, uh, he, if, if Diaz isn't my, if Diaz isn't player this season, then it's got, for me, then it's got to be Kane. Um, and I think it'll probably go to Kane just because he's an offensive player, just like kind of like the NFL MVP or like, you know, American sports do that where it's like if it's between like an offensive player, defensive player, like the Heisman, it's always going to go to the offensive player or quarterback or something. So, um, but yeah, no, Kane, unbelievable season. And then I had uh, Youngman's son in there too, because he also had an insane season and 
him and Kane as a duo, I mean, they feed off each other. It's just ridiculous what they can do together. And then uh, I had the, my boy Phil Foden up there as well. I mean, not like statistically like the best season compared to maybe like Marcus Rashford or some of the, but I mean, you just watch him. He's, he's always trying to take people on he, he, like that Liverpool game in Anfield was just, I mean, he looked like, he looked like a, like a 30 year old in his prime. He's 20 years old and he's bossing Anfield. I mean, that's just one example the kid and he scored crucial goals. I remember we beat Brighton one, nothing early in the season, huge win. He scored the only goal in the right before halftime. I mean, like he's had huge games, huge goals. So I think he's got to be in there, Phil Foden and, the world's got to watch out for for my boy because he's coming. He is. Um, up top, I have Kane. Like you said, a lot of his success needs to be contributed to Mourinho too. Like he kind of transformed Kane into playing a little more deep, like intercepting passes in the midfield, and that's why his assist numbers are up like crazy this year. Mm-hmm. Mourinho had him, you know, set up. Um, on the left wing, I got. I have Bruno Fernandez as a winger. I know that's not his position, but if you watch games, I mean, he's not like, you can call him a midfielder, but he he plays in the center. He plays in the left. He plays in the right. So it's more like a free roam attacker. They put that like for, um, they have like uh, Jack Grealish as a winger. So if if Jack Grealish is, you know, classified as a winger, Bruno's a winger. Um, And then right wing, this is where you're going to hate me, Devin. I did not select Phil Foden. I selected Mohamed Salah. Um, I think without Salah's goals and assists this year, you could seriously have the conversation of Liverpool finishing like below Arsenal. I mean, I think he's got like 19 goals, 10 assists. If you take those away, where's the production coming from? Like they had a horrendous season by their standards. Worst champions of all time, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But like Salah has been great. And the games they even lose where like they lose 2-1, he's the goal. You know, so for me, it's got to be Salah on the wing. And, and don't get me wrong. I didn't put Foden in, but Foden will be in the next, you know, eight straight team of the years. Probably, so. Yeah, no, the thing with Salah, too, is like. Like people were saying, oh. Liverpool, like they don't have Van Dyke, like blah, blah, blah. That's why they're struggling. It's like, OK, but you still had Firmino. You still had Mane. You still had Salah. And Mane and Firmino did nothing. I mean, Mane himself said the, the other day, this is the worst season I've ever had. He's like, I went to my dietitian and was like, am I eating the right things? And they said, yeah, like he, so he's even acknowledging it. And Firmino, God, terrible season. Awful. Just like a, just ghosted this year. Um, and so, yeah, Salah's really been holding them down. So that's fair. Um, I agree without, without, Salah, Liverpool. <laughs> My gosh. I want to put Foden in, but to me, he's been like, when I think about, this is like his breakout year, obviously. When I think back in years, you know, when we think back of this year, I'll think about the Champions League goals more than his Premier League goals, you know? I'll think about That's fair. performances against PSG. I'll think about the performance against Dortmund before I think of anything he did in the Premier League this season, you know? Because there was just so many other standouts in your guys' team this year that overshadow Foden in the Premier League for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's that's understandable. Um, but yeah, no. So you wanna you wanna get into second team? Yep. Okay. Um, 
For my second team, my goalie was uh, Edouard Mendy from Chelsea, obviously. I mean, it was looking bleak with Kepa in there, man. It was looking bad. So, I mean, you had to get a good good goalie in there, and he came in, what, had like six clean sheets to start off or something like that. I mean, really transformed uh, that, that back line for Chelsea. So I had to put him in there. Um, I think you maybe could have made a shout for Ederson because he actually is leading clean sheets, but that's also due in part to obviously to Diaz and stones being great. He hasn't faced a lot of shots this year. Cause of true. That. True. I mean, but he also brings in that passing aspect that nobody like is like, he's the best passing goalie probably like ever literally. Um, but Man, I, I had to, yeah, no, it was good too, but no, I had to give it to, uh, to Mendy. He, he was tremendous. So. Yeah, when I was going through this, I had Ederson, Mendy, uh, Nick Pope has had another great season. I wonder if he's going to be the England number one, just based off his form. And Casper Schmeichel had another good yeah, season. Yeah, better not be Pickford. Yeah. He's I, a I, bum. Casper Schmeichel had a good season, but like you, I went with Mendy. I mean, he kind of changed Chelsea's defense when he came in. I mean, Kepa started the season the first, like, maybe six games, and we were still having the same defensive problems. He still made mistakes. And then Mendy came in, like you said, the six straight clean sheets. I think he's got like 14 on the season. And I think I think his introduction really changed the defense because being a French – you know, he speaks French. He played in the French League. I think like four, four of our starting defenders, consistently starting defenders, speak French. So, like, the communication between the team has really, like, helped the defense this year, in my opinion. So, Mendy's my second choice. Yeah. And then at center back, I had our second teams are going to be so different. I love this. Um, At center back, I had Tiago Silva. I think probably could have given it to Harry Maguire. I just have such a bias that I just couldn't do it because he's just a fucking bum. But he did have a good season. But Tiago Silva, I mean, I just think him and Mendy look where Chelsea were at, like I said, and where they're at now. His leadership is huge. Yeah, I think that's a huge aspect that plays into it. So I had to give it to him. And then I also went with Wesley Fofana from Leicester because, I mean, with the season they had and some of the teams they've beaten, uh, some of the games they've had, and he's just – I think he's looked great. He's played alongside Johnny Evans and Soyuncu, Chu, so he's had some good center backs with him. But I had to give it to him. He, he's looked good this season. He's only had one yellow card. Um, bunch of clean sheets. He starts. I think I just saw like 80% of the the games for Leicester. So in the Premier League. So I had to give it to Fofana. I also have Fofana as one of my center backs. Like, I'm just going to echo everything you said. Also his age. I mean, he's 20. <laughs> 20 is just going to get better. I think, I don't know how you feel. I think a big team comes calling in three, four year time, you know, could be even less. Could be like one or two, honestly. In a couple of years, some big team's going to come with a $60 million you know, price tag saying uh, how much for Fafana. But um, my other one is Maguire. And you don't like him. I don't like him. But if you look at the stats, he is like first and second in all defensive metrics. Um, he is the leading center back on a second place team. So he's my second choice center back. No, that's fair. Um. Then at right back, I had uh, I had Sufal from West Ham. Sufal, Sufal. I think it's Sufal, right? Yeah, I also have uh, <clears throat> Sufal. He, uh, I think, what's his name? Vladimir, Vladimir Sufal. Yeah, he, um, 
I mean, I think you just have to, he's had a great season and I think, I think it's just because of where West Ham are like compared to like where they were, like where they like should be, you know what I mean? Um, in the league table, I think he's had a huge impact on that team. Um, defensively they've been a lot better David Moyes has really transformed them I mean you look at a year ago like we said I think we said this last last week on the podcast they were battling relegation struggling 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 yeah um and now it doesn't look like they're gonna get top four but it was there it had a chance I mean they they should be in the Europa League with their with the stadium they built the money they've invested they should be a Europa League club and that's where they are and hopefully they can just like they could stay in that Europa League spot for five years because that's where that size of a club should be. Club with that, you know. I still think it's tragic that they tore down the, you know, bowling grounds. Those are, it was a great stadium. But, um, the yeah, bubbles. Also, yeah, the bubbles. I also have Kupal. And I mean, I think he signed from Slavia Prague for like a very cheap fee. So this is like unbelievable business by West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And then, Left back, I have Lucas Dina, um, Everton. Um, I think he's been very consistent. He's missed a little bit, but he's been very consistent. He's started probably started off a little bit better than he has been playing lately. But um, yeah, I just think the way Everton started and just his passing ability and along with his defense, but it more is passing his offensive prowess going forward. is just unbelievable. And he's been a standout player for them this year. Uh, so I had to put him in the left back. Yeah. It was between him and Cresswell for me. And I, I went with Cresswell. It just felt wrong not to go with another West Ham player. Um, defensively, he's improved. He's still really young. Um, I mean, a few goals and seven assists in the league. You know, he's really starting to find his offensive groove as a player. So I went with Cresswell and he was touted to be a really, you know, good prospect two or three years ago. And he, he's kind of living up to the potential now. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then, all right, getting in the midfield at Mason Mount. Um, he's really come into his uh, come into his is himself this year fulfilling his potential, uh, you know, another young English player who high expectations there were questions. Um, we mentioned this last week when Lampard leaves, is he going to be able to continue his form with Tuchel coming in? Cause Lampard had huge trust in him, played him a lot. A lot of people thought he was going to fall off. Nope. Leading Chelsea to potential top four finish in a Champions League final appearance. I mean, uh, you, can't, you can't say enough about him scoring goals, assists. Um, just kind of boss in the midfield for such a young player. Had to put him in there. And then, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go through my midfield. I also had James Madison from Leicester. Uh, same kind of thing. Goals, assists leadership, everything you want to see from a midfielder. I think that's the hardest position on the, on the pitch, um, especially in the, in the center. So uh, to see James Madison scoring goals, um, assists, bossing uh, the midfield for a team that's top four, uh, you got to give them a lot of, a lot of credit. And then my last midfielder is Thomas Suchek from West Ham scored a bunch of goals this year. 
huge, huge part, clutch goals too, late goals, game winners, uh, just a huge part of why they are where they are. Um, and so I, I had to, I had to throw him in there just cause, um, like I said, I mean, without him, they're probably eight, nine, 10th place. Honestly, he had a lot of clutch goals back, especially back in the early stages of the season. Um, all right. I'm going to go through mine now. I got, I got Mount, like you said, he's just gotten better. And a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people look at stats, which we talked about. His stats have improved, but a lot of things you don't realize through stats when you watch the game is how well Mount does tracking back his defensive duties. Like he intercepts a ton of passes with his pressing. So Mount's one for me. I have Suchek as the other, like you said, um, he's kind of frozen Mark Noble out of the team. You know, that was the Mark Noble role for so long in that team. And he's just kind of replaced him. And I mean, that, that, uh, you, before the season, you might've thought that would have been Declan Rice, but you know, injury hit him hard this season. So it's gotta be Suchek. And, um, unlike Bruno Fernandez, I put Grealish at cam and missed two months of the season. I understand. That's the reason I couldn't put him in there is just because of the injury. Yeah. Yeah. I can see I, that's very fair, but before the injury, was there a better player in the league for the first three months of the season? I, I don't know. You know, like when Aston Villa were flying high in the early season, he, he was unbelievable. So Grealish is my third midfielder. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, like I said, I wanted to put, if Grealish played the whole season, I think he has a potential first team shout, honestly. Yeah. Um, but the injury just kind of like held him back for me. Um, and I just think there are so many other influential players that brought teams from potential lower positions up to like higher positions that had to put them in there. But yeah. So finally my three forwards, I had uh Riyad Mahrez. Um, you know, after hearing Salah, I didn't really consider him, but maybe could have had a shout over Mahrez. Mahrez didn't, make the most Premier League appearances just because of how deep it, the squad is at City. But um, I just think Riyad Mahrez has really, really turned it on this year and has just, you know, got himself back to that Leicester, those Leicester days where he was just, you know, taking over games, um, getting that ball out on the right wing, you know, giving left backs nightmares um, and just running at people, assists, goals. I think he's got like, nine goals, five assists in the Premier League this season. So um, I just think I had to put him in there um, for that. And then I had Marcus Rashford as well. A huge part of why United are are, are second. But the thing for me about Rashford is I honestly kind of expect more from him even. I think Rashford can can become an even better player. Um, I think he could take another step and, and become even more ruthless and lethal in his finishing. Uh, you know, he's still young, not, he's still got time to do that, but, um, he had a great season. I think he could be even better next year. I really do. I think Rashford's a great player. Um, and then finally Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, just that run of games, that run of form early in the season, um, just unbelievable. Got hurt, missed some time as well. But I think just with that run of form early in the season, scoring goals was the leading Premier League scorer for a while. You just, I, I just had to put him in there. Um, all right. I'm going to go uh, left wing. I went with Son. 
Um, like you said, you had him as your first choice. I had him as my second choice. His best statistical season, him and Kane were a great partnership this season. I wanted to put Rashford, like you said, but looking at a lot of his, you know, uh, stats this year, a lot of his goals and assists came outside of the Premier League. So, uh, like you said, next year, I, I do agree. I think, you know, he's still, what is he, 22, 23. So, he's just going to get better. Um, he'll, he'll definitely be in team of the seasons going forward if he can get more clinical. Um, on the right wing, I have Foden. This is where I put Foden in. Um, like I said just before, I think Foden outside of the Premier League has performed, you know, immensely. So not that he shouldn't make the team of the season, but I have him as my second second choice. Uh, Got to give a shout um, to G- uh, Diego Jota too. He was the other guy I was kind of like, I don't know, but then the injury. Injury. If, if he doesn't have the injury, he might be in maybe even the team of the season because the way he was scoring before he got injured, he was kind of carrying Liverpool. But Foden, for everything you said before, um, great player, going to be a great player, ball and door, potential player. Uh, and then my striker, I agree with you, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, great under Ancelotti, um, that run of form. And I think he's got 16 goals this year, which is fifth best in the Premier League. Another guy that's like 22, 23. So if you're an Everton fan, you got to love that. That's your striker for the next five to 10 years, hopefully. So, um, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think we're done here, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's it. Um, I think there's obviously shouts for so many players. It's so hard at at some of these positions, but I, I wrote some down that you could have had in your second teams. I know a lot of people did. I just wanted to go, like, what you think of their season. Um, you just want to go through them? Sure, yeah. Um, I thought Patrick Bamford had a really good season. I goals. considered him, yep. For Leeds, um, really helped them stay up. Ollie Watkins for Villa, 13 goals on the season. A lot of big goals against, you know, Arsenal, Leicester. Like, he had a really good season. Um and then some of the guys in lower league, lower table clubs that without their goals, they might go down or they might be in relegation battle. I thought Ings had another great season, even though he's injured at points. Um, Callum Wilson kind of just single-handedly kept Newcastle up. Up, yeah. Um, Chris Wood for Burnley, 12 goals. Another player that kind of his goals kept Burnley up. And then Wilfred Zaha with 10 goals. But just – if the, if Palace doesn't have Zaha, they're kind of a horrendous team. So that's the thing; they already are a horrendous team. <laughs> yeah. It keeps them from being literally relegated. I think, honestly. Yeah. So those are just some players I think we had to mention, just because they had great seasons. No, I agree. Bamford definitely was on my radar. It was. I was thinking about him over Calvert Lewin. Oh, uh, we, um, we not forget Kalechi Anacho has really stepped up. Yeah, I was thinking of him too. It's just he kind of came on a little too late, but not to take away from his season, unreal. Unreal. He's been playing so well lately. Um, I see a lot of city fans saying we should buy him back, but the buyback clause already expired. So that, that's, uh, that's over. Um, but yeah, no, he's had a great season, but yeah, I think that's it for us here. Um, like we said, we're going to have that live stream for the champions league final. That should be, should be spicy. Um, we appreciate everybody listening as always. I'm going to get this episode on Spotify hundred percent. I'm going to do that. So um, either tonight or tomorrow morning, I'll have that up and then we'll have the video on YouTube. Everybody subscribe to the pod. 
let your friends who who love the sport know if they want to listen. Hey, we out here. We'll be back again next week. Um, but yeah, no, we got a couple weeks to that Champions League final, baby. Count it down. But we appreciate everybody watching, listening, and uh, we'll we'll catch you next week. Peace out. Peace out.